Welcome back to Click Connect. I'm your host, Greg Sullivan. We've got a great guest for you today, and we're going to be talking about labor and hotels, a few other things as well. But before we do that, I would like to thank our production partners, our good friends at Red Roof Franchising and Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group, California. Now, with Chicago Title, you know you got to get your deals closed on time, and they're there to help you. So even though they're based in California, they work across the country. They've got a hotel-focused team. So they're closing deals on time. And, you know, we had a little bit of an issue with the banks recently. So, you know, you need, you need a group that can get your, your title and escrow deals closed on time. Chicago title is definitely it. You can talk to Ryan Huntsman over there. You can talk to Stephen Seft over there and Stephanie Zappalak. Um, and they'd be more than glad to help you. And then our friends at Red Roof, Matt Hostetler has an incredible team. They've got about 50 new hotels coming online this year. So give Matt a call. Red Roof's a great alternative for you. Hear what they have to say. They've got a soft brand. They've got an extended stay brand. We've got their economy brands. They'd love to hear from you. And please let both groups know that producer Danny and I sent you over there. So with that done, and thank you to both Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group, California, and Red Roof Franchising, we're going to start our show. We've got David Donnelly joining us, and he is a talent optimizing specialist, a servant leader, a talent recruitment strategist, and a collaborator. And he's with Gecko. So let's bring David in now. David, how are you? Hey, Greg. Happy belated St. Patrick's Day. Ah, uh, thank you, my friend. A day that's near and dear to my heart. And if I had an Irish accent, I would never stop talking. Yes, one Irishman <laughs> to another. Exactly. <laughs> my friend, thank you for joining us today. Do me a favor. Would you tell the audience about yourself and your company? Sure. Uh, Dave Donnelly, I am a lifelong hospitality person. Started in the business when I was about 15 years old as a dishwasher and a porter in a restaurant, um, moved my way up until it was time to get out of operations and started with Gecko Hospitality. We are the nation's premier uh, hospitality recruiting firm uh, based in Tampa, or I'm sorry, based in Fort Myers, Florida, and I am here in Southern California. Wonderful. All right, my friends, labor, yes. post-COVID. Through current, what are what are the current hiring and staffing situations in hospitality? That's a great question. It's been kind of a wild ride. Can you believe it's like the third year anniversary of when all this COVID madness started? Yeah. Um, I remember I was in actually in Michigan, which is another one of my territories, doing uh, development, uh, and then the COVID thing had to had hit, and I had to come back early. Um, but right now. Um, you know, AH, AHLA still says that 85% of hotel owners that responded to their survey are struggling with labor. Um, there is a high turnover right now. Um, they say that they're somewhat or or uh, somewhat understaffed or severely understaffed, and 22% say they are severely understaffed. So it was hard finding people pre-COVID. Um, right. It's even more difficult right now. Uh, because we had so many people leave the industry. Um, they're still saying we're about 400,000 uh, jobs short in hospitality. 
Um, and I think 250,000 of those are in, in hotels. So, you know, these numbers are kind of, they, they're fluid. Uh, so they kind of go back and forth. Um, and as you know, costs are up, cost per occupied room is up 15%. Um, so labor, labor is an issue, obviously. And COVID did not help uh, with, uh, with the uh, trend. Um, and it's continuing to, I don't even know if you can say it's flattening out yet or not. It's still a big issue. I, you know, I don't think it is flattening out. And I think labor is going to be a key subject for at least the next 12 to 18 to 24 months. And yeah. if you know, it was um, for the first time at, at the California Lodging Investment Conference, that was a, a panel. That was the topic of discussion. Now, I know following the job numbers every month that hospitality has been leading the way for at least the past four months, um, you know, well over a hundred thousand people brought into hospitality jobs and it, and it truly isn't enough. Um, we've still got a lot of hotels that are running minimal crews. Um, we were recently at a full service hotel and their Starbucks was only open from 6 a.m. to 11 a.m., which I thought was rather interesting. And that was due to staffing. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's, you know, I, it, 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 there's just so many factors in it, but I still feel that our messaging is not correct that we're not getting the word out there that this is a noble profession. Yes. It's a career with advancement opportunities, educational opportunities, and you can take it as far as you want. Um, you know, if you want to be a GM, you can do that. If you want to go in and be on the transaction side, you can do that. Um, you know, I know a lot of people that, you know, we're revenue management or, you know, revenue enhancement people that are also now doing deals. Um, they're good at numbers. Okay. Yep. So bring them into the C-suite, you know, let them find somebody else. We've got all these hotel schools that, uh, you know, and, and, and people like you recruiters out there, you know, let's, let's put the packages together and get them out there. So let's, let's talk about that importance of proper messaging with attracting and retaining and onboard talent in today's market. What is, what are your thoughts on that, David? Yeah. You know, you, you make a great point about what hospitality has to offer as an industry for, you know, anybody that wants to come through the doors. I mean, as I started in hotels as a banquet bartender, I moved my way up to a food and beverage director and a member of an executive committee. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity out there. And I don't think that um, a lot of the hotel companies are messaging that correctly. Um, you know, when you're getting somebody into your organization through, let's say, marketing your a job, what is your job ad saying? Is it just the same bullet points of what the job is about? Or are you explaining what your company can do and, and what your career could be inside of a hospitality industry? And then once you get somebody in, What's the onboarding process like? Uh, I think we talked about this last time I was on. When I when I started, it was like, here's your keys, and this is how old I am. Here's your pager, and you know we have an open door policy, so come by if you need anything, right? And then how do you retain those staff members that make it through the onboarding process? 
Um, what what is the incentive for them to stay? Is there growth opportunities? Are you checking in with them to see how their career is going and how their job is going? So I think there's a an, an important aspect to when you're starting the recruiting process through the onboarding process and through the retainment process. What is your value statement, your mission statement? And I know those sometimes are hollow and they don't necessarily are, they're not necessarily functional for the operation on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> so that has to be kind of mixed in together with proper staffing, because if you're short staffed, somebody's going to leave. And as you were saying, you know, we're gaining a hundred thousand jobs uh, every month for the last four months, but how many are we losing in the last four months? And that's why we keep trying to gain jobs. Absolutely. Now, as a recruiter, you're trying to put the best package together for the applicant and the best package for the employer. Yeah. Uh, is education part of that? If, if, if Are you seeing that, you know, the management companies, the owner operators are willing to put education back on the table as a benefit that, you know, you go take these classes and you pass, we'll pay. Um, Is that part of the packaging now? Some, some are doing that. Yeah. Some are, I mean, I think most larger companies like the Marriott's and the the Hilton's, the Hyatt's, they do have a, you know, Ambridge, they'll have an uh, educational uh, reimbursement um, situation or package. Um, A lot of the mid-sized companies, maybe not, Um, but it's not talked about enough. When I, when I'm onboarding a new client, a lot of those benefits that we talk about are pretty much the same. You know, it's medical, health, dental, 401k. Um, they're still not doing anything with, you know, maybe childcare uh, credits or childcare hours or any type of, you know, education. Um, but yes, it's an important aspect uh, when you're trying to attract talent. You, I don't think that COVID has really given us the lessons uh, that it gave us. I don't think we're taking in those lessons as right, yeah. operators and applying them. It's kind of business as usual. Like it's almost like, oh, we kind of got over that. You know, we can go back to how we were doing business and things haven't changed. I know we're adding a lot of technology. You know, you're doing like these keyless entries and, and check-in kiosks and things like that, but that's not going to solve that issue. Hey, you got your phone. You can check in yeah. on that. You know, I mean, <laughs> You know, and QR right. codes everywhere so that you bring up the menu and, you know, order and all of that. And, you know, and, you know, it's, I'm one of the people that feels that medical benefits should not be tied to employment. I feel that that is a right. And I would, I know my last few years either working for a publicly held company or a private company my employment package was that they had to pick up a hundred percent. Okay. I didn't pay for it. Um, my feeling is if it is the right and I'm paying for it, that money that it's costing them, that can go into a higher salary that can go into a 401k sort of kind of match program, a few other things that are more Mm -hmm. beneficial. Um, I think one of the other big problems and almost the elephant in the room is we have a tendency of calling the same people back on site 
for holidays and overtime instead of spreading that out more. And sometimes it's just an absolute necessity. So how are, 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 they, are, they, are you being creative with that? I mean, it's one thing to put money into somebody's pocket at time and a half or double time, whatever it may be. But I, I'm one that believes in a work-life balance. Now, I didn't believe in that the vast majority of my career working in publicly held. Um, one of the reasons was I was told I was a cog and always replaceable, um, which is pretty screwed up. And it's a horrible way to to treat employees. Exactly. Um, now, are are they giving them additional personal time off to you know instead of a week's paid vacation? Now they've got eight days or nine days or ten days, whatever it may be, or two weeks. Are they adding on to that as part of the packaging to retain talent? Is that discussed at all? Yes, the a lot of companies are doing that. They're doing flex time off, things like that, in addition to your regular PTO. Um, some are some are actually embracing the remote or hybrid um, model. Um, I mean, it's hard. You know, you can't have your executive chef working remotely, uh, right. obviously. But, but and your director of sales. Yeah, director of sales, salespeople. You know, uh, accounting. Um, you know, things like that. But, you know, on the floor, people, obviously, that that's not going right. to happen. But I think a lot of them are are leaning towards having more flexible work time. And I think of being more flexible with whatever their needs are, you know, like, as you were saying, working for the publicly traded companies, you know, I, I was never the smartest person, but I could outwork you, you know, when I and that's how I kind of got through the hotel uh, management ladder is, I worked hard and I was there when you asked me to do something, I did it. And, and, and I, and I stayed late to do it. Right. right. But and you was, never complained. <laughs> right. I never complained because that's the way it was. Right. Um, I think, and, and if you did ask for, you know, Hey, I, I need time off to do this or that you kind of got the eye roll. Right. Um, Very much so. Yeah. yeah but not, now I think if, if you're not doing this, you should be, but when people need time off, you need to, to assist them with that. Obviously you, you look out for anybody that's abusing that. Um, but people have needs. And if you're, and if you're working a lot of hours, especially with being short staffed, if you have one person at the front desk, uh, when you're supposed to have three, you know, you should really, you know, commend that person and offer that kind of flexibility with them, you know, definitely. I agree. And I think that gets into my next question, servant leadership. You know, you've got to have a GM, an AGM, a you know, department head that's willing to jump in with both hands. And, you know, is is that message gotten through because of COVID finally? Uh, you know, I do know a couple of GMs that were relieved of their positions because they wouldn't come out of their offices. Um, you know, and that's just horrible, not only for a guest experience, but more importantly on your staff and your on-site team's experience if they've got a GM that's just locked in his office the whole time uh, doing reports. You know, it's funny that you say that because there there was some uh, stat that like 50% of GMs have turned over in the last two years. Yeah. Now, some of that might have to do with, with COVID and things like that. And one of the things that kind of irks me when we, we are in that um, uh, recruitment process is I'll have older general managers that are more than willing to have that servant leadership 
um, type of mentality. And that's how they went through their whole career. But they're being overlooked because they, you know, we talked about this, I think, before, but there's ageism is out there. And they don't feel that maybe the general manager has the energy at, at where he is in his career. But I, I find I disagree with that. I think these general managers that have that servant leadership type of mentality are the ones that you want. They're not in their office. They are willing to put in the hours. They are willing to mentor the staff. They are willing to give them that flexibility that they need because you are so shorthanded. So I think some of the companies need to look at that um, and say, we do want a general manager that has that seasoned uh, experience and that servant leadership. I think that's where they need to go with that. I agree. And I think I think the perfect example of what you're saying is Craig Poole at the Doubletree in Reading, Pennsylvania. It's yeah, the number two uh, Doubletree in the entire nation. And there's a reason for that. And that reason is Craig Poole. Um, you know, a friend of mine, and I think you met him at Click Six, uh, Kyle Allison, yes. uh, left Chicago to go work for Craig for those mentorships, mentee, mentor, mm -hmm. and growth and experience and to see how things are done and went to a community that was pretty much decimated in downtown and yep. they're turning it around. They've now, the same ownership group bought a country club and they're redoing the entire modeling for events there and they're doing great with it. Um, instead of nickel and diving you, because I hate the plus plus, I see that, you know, <laughs> Every time I'm putting on a conference or something else, it's the plus plus. And, you know, now the linens, the the dishes, the, the cutlery, you know, are all included. They're not, you know, you know, well, you know, it's it's X amount for 100 people. But now it goes to this if it's 105 or 110, 120, you know, yeah. and, and a $95 gallon of coffee. You know, resort fees are another thing that need to yes. go. Uh, but the $200 uh, extension cord. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, yeah. that's exactly it. That's one of the reasons why producer for my conference, I have him check the coffee. It's like, okay, cut it off at this time. It's going to go cold and it's going to sit there. No, I'm not paying for right. gallons or whatever it is. Um, so adjacent to post COVID expectations, uh, What's the hospitality staff like? What have you what what are you seeing out there when you're going into a hotel where they want you to help them bring up their service levels? They know they need to have, you know, more people on site. You know, what what are you what are you seeing out there? Well, I mean, you I think you and I experienced that same Starbucks um, you know, that you know was from 6 to 11. I think I got the last coffee in there. Um <laughs> Yeah. But I, I We've got 250 plus hotel people in the hotel. Yeah, right, right. Um, so, I, you know, what I'm seeing or what I'm hearing from from a lot of the candidates is that it's kind of same old, same old um, there. I, I think there there's a point where we're at right now where the hotels are so busy that they don't have time to get the people recruited to make them less busy. So we see that the process of the interview process may start and it may take two or three weeks before the hotel is decided, you know, do we want to move forward 
and then the candidate decides that they're going to move on to another property that may have their their ducks in a row, so to speak. Um, so I think that that hotels are in that quandary of we're short staffed, we're too busy, we're too busy to get us ourselves unshort staffed, so to speak. Um, and so that's that's what I'm seeing quite a lot of. Um, you know, again, this whole thing with you know guests are now expecting their full amenities. I think we're we're out of COVID. So they want their rooms cleaned every day um, and they want those amenities that they expect that that were kind of shrank uh, for COVID reasons. They want those back. But yet the labor hasn't caught up um, in order for them to do that. Now, I deal strictly with leadership positions um, when when recruiting, um, but I do get a lot of uh, feedback from those leaders that they're spending so much time filling in those holes um, those staffing holes that they have a hard time getting back to me with, uh, you know, they may need an assistant, like maybe the director of housekeeping needs a housekeeping manager, but they're too busy to get back to me in order to arrange these things, you know, and we take full, full, uh, you know, service from them. We'll say, we'll arrange it. We'll even do it on our own teams calls for you, you know, but again, it's that, that, that quandary you're in where you're too busy to get yourself unbusy, if that makes any sense. You know, unfortunately, but I'm going to say that's more laziness than anything else because, you know, you can keep throwing money at your associates at the, team, you know, at the hotel level. Yeah. But if you're burning them out, you're burning them out. Right. And, you know, you should never be too busy to take care of your team. That's part of being a leader. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a difference between a boss and a leader. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure my inflection on the word boss uh, <laughs> <laughs> clarified that. But, uh, you know, it's you've got to take care of them. And I, I think Kyle made the point and we're hope, hoping to have Kyle on soon. Uh, you know, just hire one more person. Right. Just well, one yeah, you know, well, he made a great point about how you're losing business because you're yeah. short staffed. You're tired. You're tired. Right. No, I don't right. want to talk to you about you know 200 people coming on from an airplane. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Airport right. hotel. Yeah. I, yeah. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. The catering, the catering manager who's all by themselves, they're, they're not going to take that extra piece of business. A, because it might affect them, and B, they know that the banquet staff is short staffed and exactly. they might not get the service. So. Yeah, the, that's hurting business more than people may realize. Exactly. Yeah. All right, my friend, we're going to get into our infamous, maybe popular, click lightning round. I'm in. I'm all, all right. In. All right, here we go. We've got two minutes on the clock starting now. Labor. Shortage. Conferences. Fun. Trophy assets. Overrated. Full or select service. Full. Favorite airport. Santa Ana. Aisle or window. Oh, aisle. Favorite airline. Delta. Tequila or whiskey. Water. <laughs> Favorite hotel or resort? 
Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, my favorite hotel company is probably Marriott. So it's kind of hard to, to narrow it down to a particular one. Okay, benefits. Important. Hey, you did that with a minute six left. All right. Let's... <laughs> there we go. All right, my friend. Leadership. What do you want the hotel community to know about you and your company? And then it's time for a shameless plug. All right. Well, I think with us at Gecko, we're all in from the industry. Um, so as far as leadership goes, we've been in those positions. Um, so we understand where they're coming from and we understand how the operations work. So I think it's important for hotels to understand that um, we know what they're going through and we get it. Um, and if you want me to continue my shameless plug, I will. Um, so you can, you can find me obviously at Gecko Hospitality, which is geckohospitality.com. And my, my email is David at geckohospitality.com. Um, and I'm here in Southern California and I have a partner up there in Northern California and we handle the whole state. Perfect. And for the second year in a row, David was an exhibitor at the sixth annual California Lodging Investment Conference. And I thank you for that. And I thank you for awesome. joining the conversation, my friend. Yeah, that was awesome. You have a good one. Thank you, David. All right. Thanks a lot, Craig. Take care, everybody. Thank you, our audience. But before we go, I've got to thank our production partners, our good friends at Red Roof Franchising and Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group, California. Red Roof is growing. Call Matt Hostedler over there. He's got a great development team from coast to coast. They can help you. They're good alternative in a lot of cases. They've got a soft brand. They've got an extended stay. They've got a new prototype. They've got your economy state assets as well. So give Matt a call. He'll set you up with one of their development team members and have a great conversation with them and let them know that producer Danny and I sent you. And I'm going to continue to tell you, you've got to get your real estate transactions closed on time. You need a title and escrow company that can help you out, whether it is a loan, a refinance, construction loan. Uh, you know, it's a sale. You know, you've got to be able to close these properties on time. So call our friends at Chicago Title National Commercial Services Group, California. They do have a hospitality practice within that group. They can help you. Call Stephen Seft, call Stephanie Zapolak, or Ryan Huntsman. Again, let them know that producer Danny and I sent you. They'd love to hear from you, and they'd love to work with you coast to coast as well. Thank you for joining us. Producer Danny and I are very excited about our eighth season. We've kicked it off with two great shows, and we can't wait to get back in the studio and get to the next two. So thank you for joining us, and remember... Be kind, share your knowledge, now go be amazing.